You know we haven't talked about enough this week? And it's not the Warriors' third grade football title, Josh. It's Christopher Bell, NASCAR, Norman Product, on his way to the Final Four to potentially win a NASCAR championship. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, though he hasn't come on since he signed with Yeah, like seven years ago. It's been a minute. Hey, uh, Miss you, Chris. Can I tell you something dark that happened to me yesterday evening? I, I was uh, Halloween trick or treating, so yeah, I saw a lot of dark stuff. Go it, ahead. It was a very frightening occurrence for me. So there we were, uh, you know, sitting out, handing out candy to the trick or treaters that were. Which, by the way, there was not one trick or treater last night that said trick or treat. It's really? like everybody just kind of walked up and was like, "All right, I'll take my candy now." Did you get thank yous? Yeah, plenty of thank yous. Thank yous are big, but you want the trick or treat. Are you kidding me? I spent $50 on this candy. (laughs) The least you can do is play your role. But uh, (laughs) I had had one kid that uh, after, I don't remember what the costume was, but after, you know, got the two handfuls of candy, I was pretty generous, pretty liberal with the amount of candy that we were, again, uh, doling out, but said, thank you, Grandpa. I Wait. said, I said, excuse me. The kid said, thank you, Grandpa? I said, Was it like me. an older kid or was it a younger kid trying to be funny? Uh, I don't know. Maybe eight, nine. Oh, my gosh. And uh, my heart sunk in that moment. I realized I am the 75-year-old man I always <laughs> this year have th- thought myself to be. Did you say anything to him that could have triggered him? I said, scram, kid. No <laughs> Twix for you. Oh, gosh. I didn't get too much last night about being old. We walked a lot. We walked a lot. But I don't know, dude. That's pretty cold. You don't look like a grandpa. I'll just tell you that much. I think I need to shave the beard is what's going on. As somebody who's – but you think about it. So if they're eight years old – No, I am like 97. To you're, you're ancient to them. <laughs> Correct. I yeah. realized this the other night whenever one of Emma's friends – and I'm kind of an older dad, right? I'm – which is weird for me because I was always the youngest dad. But I'm an older dad now with kids in, in high school and in grade school. And they they started going through ages. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm 47. And, she, and this girl goes, 47? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, I've, I've accepted it. I don't try to hide how old I am. She but, said, so how was the Middle Ages? What was it like being around with the dinosaurs? <laughs> Hour three of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by Moppin Roofing. Call Bob Moppin and his team at 405-703-3843. 35 years of experience, family-owned and operated. All right, well, we got a lot to get to, so let's do it. Top five stories today, as always, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. I-44, exit 107, 14 table games, front row sports bar, and you can become a new member at Newcastle Casino and earn up to $250 in bonus play. Big story number five. Number five. All right, so we've talked a lot about the Auburn opening here today. Uh, in fact, I think it was pretty much, if if you need more on Auburn, you can go back listen to our first segment on the podcast. We spent a little bit, well, second segment, we spent a lot of time on it. Are are you buying Lane Kiffin to Auburn? I don't think that it winds up happening, but Me I'm neither. buying that Auburn's interested in trying to make that happen, sure. 
does does Lane Kiffin use Auburn to get a raise at Ole Miss? Probably. Yes. And I, this is this is that reminder that the home run hire doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. Yeah, man. I don't I don't know that it would be all that great for either side. Someone caught it earlier if if Ole Miss loses Lane Kiffin is one of their first calls Norman way. Here's here's the thing for Auburn. Either Matt Rule or Dave Aranda would be sensational hires. But Auburn will not bring itself to hire, I don't think, a Matt Rule or a Dave Aranda. We, we do this song and dance. We have this discussion time and time again with these openings. Programs don't like to hire good football coaches. They like to hire splashy football coaches. Right, exactly. Um, by the way, I had to... I had to laugh. Travis brought this up on the uh, Super Secret Textoso line, thinking about Auburn and their need to hire a name. Imagine a Nebraska fan goes into a coma in the mid-90s. He wakes up in 2022 to learn that the Baylor coach and the Kansas coach have both turned down the Nebraska job. <laughs> right. <laughs> Indeed. I feel like and, – And nobody thought it was crazy either. Everybody said, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> I'd probably turn that job down too if I was those guys. So Brian Harson is out. Auburn also did away with their offensive coordinator, Eric Lisa. Tight ends coach, Brad Bedell. Recruiting coordinator, Darren Usher. Chief of staff, Brad LaRondo. And general manager and director of scouting and development, Drew Fabianc. They were all informed – following Auburn's decision to move on from Brian Harson, that they would be relieved of their duty. So now not only does Auburn not have an offensive coordinator, Cadillac Williams has been named their interim coach, but he's out like three position are are three different roles in the staff. I guess they were just guys that maybe Harson had brought on and they viewed him as Harson guys, so it was time to move on. Which by the way, th- this is neither here nor there, but Cadillac Williams being an interim head coach makes me feel like, again, about a bazillion years old. It's like, are you kidding me? I remember that uh, perfect season. Yeah, they had him and why my Ronnie Brown was the other running yeah. back. Oh, yeah. The two, two backs Jason were great. Campbell. All right, big story number four. Number four. Number four. Oh. World Series postponed last night due to weather. So this may help out both teams in their pitching rotation, or should, one extra day of rest. So if I understand Josh Helmer, the new Major League Baseball World Series schedule, it looks, and I guess they're still having rain issues in Philly today. So they might, (laughs) this might end up being an issue that actually spreads over a little bit longer. So if I understand the schedule to uh, over the next few days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, we're not getting that off day in there, right? Good, there shouldn't be. So the next off day in the World Series will actually be on Friday. Friday. And then they'll have to play Saturday and Sunday night if we get to that point. Because that Sunday night would be game seven. Are we playing Sunday night or no? By the way, it's hilarious to think that a Titans-Kansas City Chiefs game would run laps around a World Series Game 7 TV rating, but here we are. Especially for a team like Philly involved, right, that is going to have a passionate media market. Oh, absolutely. Houston, big market. I mean, I probably erroneously sell Houston's market short at times. I mean, that's a massive media market. 7 o'clock tonight, 
7 o'clock tomorrow night, and then 7 o'clock on Thursday night. And, in fact, now they've got Justin Verlander listed as the starter for Thursday night, which should work out perfect for him, right? Uh, Philadelphia has moved up Aaron Nola to Wednesday night, according to the update on ESPN. Interesting. And in Philly right now, it's almost as if weather.com knew what I was trying to look for. Uh, It is cloudy, 65 degrees. The chances for rain have dissipated for now. So maybe we'll at least game, get game three in tonight. Big story number three? Number three. All right, Monday Night Football was incredibly one-sided as the Browns blew out the Bengals. For set underneath center. On second down, Jacoby waits and takes and gives it. Chubb darts left. He's through to the five and going in. Touchdown! Nick Chubb! Can't stand that play-by-play guy. Meanwhile, afterwards, Joe Burrow was asked about the absence of Jamar Chase. Yeah, anytime you that guy goes down, it's gonna have an effect. But we're we're a better offense than we put out there tonight, even without him. And so um, there's no excuses for that. So we move on now. We get to week nine of the NFL season, but all eyes are on the trade deadline. Which um, what is it? Four o'clock Eastern. So three o'clock today. You had Roquan Smith get dealt yesterday to the Ravens, which is wild because it's essentially a a second-round pick they gave up, but they'll get a third-round pick back if they don't sign him. If they sign him and it works, I mean, you've got a franchise middle linebacker. Uh, Jerry Jones was asked about the Cowboys' approach. you got a championship-level defense. Your offense can run it. Your offense can throw it. This is it. This is the opportunity. This is the window. Do you agree with that? Uh, I agree with that. On the other hand, it never works for you if it doesn't come to you. Uh, This is an area where aggressiveness, trying to go after and make something happen, uh, uh, that doesn't work. Uh, It's got to come to you, but we've got some things that are coming our way. (laughs) Huh? It it almost Wait. makes it seem as if Jerry is waiting for someone to offer him a player. Yeah, I, I don't know what of, I don't know what's going on. Like he's trying to write a proverb there or something. Jerry, just tell us what's going on. Is this a championship team or not? Do you have to add pieces or not? I really do agree with that guy. Who um, I think it's one of the Dallas radio guys that he goes on with in Dallas. I kind of think the Cowboys have all the pieces right now, and they're doing it without their starting left and what right tackle too. Should they be giving more carries to Pollard? I think that's happened. Oh, no. Did the EAS alert just go off? <laughs> Good times. Yes. And I think they are. Now, that's not to say Ezekiel Elliott suddenly disappears from everything. But, yeah, I think they are. Meanwhile, other names to keep an eye on on trade deadline day include the Jerry Judys of the world. Bradley Chubb is a name that's been brought up. Though I think with the Broncos winning, that might take those names out of consideration. Uh, Cream Hunt, I don't know if it changes anything for Cleveland after winning last night. If they're if they're going to suddenly say, no, I'm not going to make that deal. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Raiders are a team to kind of keep an eye on. Not to make a move, but maybe to deal Sell off some off people. The Jaguars are reportedly shopping Josh Allen, who was the seventh overall pick in the 19 draft. Brandon Cooks is a name that's been brought up quite Different a bit. Different Josh Allen. 
I'm sorry. Did I say the Bills? You said Josh Allen. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Jaguars Josh Allen. That's, yeah. well, well, that's right. That's right. different Josh Allen. Different it? Josh Allen, right, who's the really <laughs> Not good the quarterback, in, right. ladies and gents. Uh, names like Isaiah Wynn. So there was a report this morning that the Rams had offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns, and the Panthers said no. Cam Akers is a weird story. I saw Chase Claypool listed as a possibility. If Chase Claypool is available, I think I might go make that move. But that's what we're following right now in the National Football League, which gets us to big story number two. Number two. All right, we're tabling big story number two until after the break because that's our four-team playoff ranking projection. Tonight's the night whenever we're going to find out the very first, the initial four-team playoff rankings. And I want to remind you, it's not the end of the world, but it's not like the necessarily dumbest thing you've ever heard. Um, Number one. Usually, the first rankings are about 50% on. Historically, you're going to get half the field right. Half the field right. But there's going to be some doozies that aren't even going to come close. For instance, go back to the very first ever playoff ranking. You had three SEC teams in Auburn, Mississippi State, and Mississippi. Right, those were three of the four teams in the very first ever playoff rankings. Last year. And none of them made it. None of them made it. Right? Last year. Right, the only team that made it out of that was um, Florida State. Right, correct, because we were having problems trying to figure out what was going on with Florida State because they were undefeated that year, but they weren't playing all that well. You're like, what's going on here? Last year, the inaugural top four had two of the four teams in, but number three in last year's first playoff ranking was Michigan State. Number four in last year's first playoff ranking was Oregon. Both. And remember, Oregon had lost to Stanford but beat Ohio State. So Alabama and Georgia were in the initial one last year. Is that right? Yeah, and boy, we were mad because Oklahoma was on the outside looking in undefeated. And we're like, wow. And it's still ridiculous they weren't in. Right. What were they thinking <laughs> As at that history time? has shown us. In fact, I – in just – boy, did I say that we we're going to get to this after the break? Well, we're in it now. We'll get to our – projections I guess we should say coming up after the break but you know I went back and I was looking at the initial college football playoff rankings from last year and you not only had two loss or I'm sorry two one loss teams in the top four but you also had a one loss team in at number five and a one loss team at number seven who were all ahead of undefeated Oklahoma last year yeah we were hot okay so just run down okay I got it here from last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did the initial one look like? One to wherever OU it's was kind of give you an idea of what you might expect tonight. Georgia opened one. They were coming off a 34-7 win over Florida. Um, Alabama was number two. They were coming off a bye, having lost to Texas A&M. Michigan State had just beaten Michigan, and they were number three. And Oregon was number four, coming off a win over Colorado. Ohio State was fifth. Remember, they had lost to Oregon earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati was undefeated in sixth, followed by Michigan, who I think is going to be in the top four tonight. Just prepare yourself. And number seven, and then OU was there at eight. That all sounds familiar now. Auburn was 13 in the initial playoff ranking last year. <laughs> and now they fired their what? coach. What, uh, what's Harson's record been since that moment? I wonder, yeah, they were 6-2 and two at that point. Point. I feel like the bottom's just fallen so, out. So, and they sense. lost five more last year, and they've lost how many this year? 
Five? Yeah. So 10, 10 losses since? There are two teams that were in last year's first college football playoff ranking that have fired their coach. And we've seen coaches move on, but two that have fired them. Ten losses and one investigation since. Auburn and Wisconsin. Wisconsin was 21. Does OU get ranked tonight? I don't think so. Someone had asked if they'll slip back into the top 25. I don't think so. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, so to – oh, what I, I just completely spaced. Brent Venable's press conference happening as we speak. Coach recapping the win over Iowa State and looking ahead to Saturday's showdown against Baylor. Weather may be an issue. Now, tomorrow on this here very radio program, we're going to have a conversation with the weather dude from the Norman National Weather Service. So, um, the weather dude. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of. Dude, did you see this? The media lunch today was Whataburger. How about that? Uh, Why did I mean? Look, that's disappointing. You're not there. Can I have a heads up on that in the future, peeps? We can uh, probably get a late delivery for you. Man, I love Whataburger. I love Whataburger so much. I'm getting so hungry now for lunch. Now that I've seen that too in the spread, oh my gosh, let's go. Um. Meanwhile, I I think we're waiting for one thing for Oklahoma, right? Are we not? Oh, nope, there it is. Captains were announced at the start of this show. This has kind of been permanent, a regular on Thursday's program. It just says game captains for Saturday. Isaiah Coe. Dude, I didn't tell the Isaiah Coe story from the bench, did I, on Saturday? I don't think so. So, and just real quick to get all of them. Uh, Isaiah Coe. Marcus Major? How about that? Jalil Farouk, Jonah Laulu, and Robert Conjol. So is there anybody on the roster that hasn't been a captain now? Wow. I I guess we'll wait. I guess now. I thought this would be the week whenever we would get our permanent captains. Maybe it's next week. But there you go. There you go. Um, So Isaiah Coe came over to the sideline and was hurt, right? And they were, they were talking to him, and I. So I'm behind him, right? Because I'm not going to just stand there. I'm not going to stand right over the top of the doctors and be like, "Hey, Fulton, what's going on, dude? How's it going, man? What's up?" And um, so I'm behind. So it looks when they're talking to him like they're they're working on his shoulder, and he gets up, and when he gets up, you hear, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, ah." Oh. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And they take him off the field. And he just goes straight. Not like sprinting or anything. Well, as we've learned, and he so he came out and like, guys, I think it might be his shoulder. But whatever they hit, whatever they touched, it triggered something in Isaiah Coe. And we'll see if he gets back this game. So <laughs> he comes out and he's got his, his wrist all taped up, got his thumb all taped up. Well, he told the story on Twitter that his, the bone had popped out. Of yeah, his that's, thumb. That's crazy. So I don't I mean, I don't know if he's gonna be available on Saturday. I, w- I would hope so. Who was it? Wasn't it somebody for USC had the, the bone sticking out for multiple weeks and they were playing? Yeah, here was the tweet. 
Y'all ever seen y'all bone pop out y'all skin? I thought it was cool. Bro, I saw that pain from him, and it was. I don't, I don't like that tweet. I, I, I don't. I don't like it. Where's the? Can't you downvote tweets now? Isn't that a thing that you can do? We should be able to with that one. All right, but there, there you go. There's your captains, and I think we're still waiting on Britton Venables to get things going uh, over at the press conference. So, oh, it's it's, it's filler fill Tuesday. Time. Filler Tuesday <laughs> yeah, for Drake Dyken. <laughs> All right, quick break. When we come back right here on The Ref, let's get into it, all right? As BV starts talking, we're going to give you our four-team playoff projections for tonight and things to keep an eye on. That's next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, T-Row. What? Oh, yes. Everything cool? No, it hey, was. we were talking great about Great costume, T-Row. Wasn't it awesome last night? You crushed it, dude. That was well done. Um, it was a fight. We were not fighting about anything ever. It was about the FTP site. We were trying to figure something out. Yeah. Our constant, uh, our constant fight over what uh, trying to make sure we get sound bites. I know. And I'd love to get a log into that. I know I've been asking for like seven years. I, I, I've got it. You can, not need it? Yeah. Can you pass you it not have the, you not No, have- I've never had it. And it makes it very challenging. Well, we're gonna fix that right now. This is a—it's a me thing. It, I mean, I had it in the past, and then yeah, like our say. login disappeared or something, and huh. I never got it back. I feel like the actual site kind of disappeared. Maybe we need to, um, <laughs> maybe we need to actually get a new, <laughs> get it legally. Wink, wink. Not be not be going to the VIP box TV. I know of of getting sound bites for the show. It would be a game changer for fill-in days. Am I the only one that you, this still goes to VIPbox.tv or not? Boy, a lot of ads on there. A lot of viruses. VIPbox.tv? What yeah. is that? Uh, it's like just TV soundbites? It illegally streams every single thing that you would ever want to watch on TV. Nice. Lots of viruses. Be careful. It's. I had a friend of mine who had ruined one of his computers. It's a backup laptop type, type Exactly. Website. Make sure you uh, – and, and it's – some of the weirdest ad- – it's like, how do people – okay, serious question. How does a VIP box make money? It's like, uh, hey, we're uh, selling out of targets. Oh, cool. What do you do? Well, we illegally stream. <laughs> it's a good point. I don't every, know. Every single NFL game. Really? Yeah. So basically what you do is you buy an advertisement, and these people illegally stream these games, and uh, we'll make money off it. Sounds great. How do I sign up? They're like, whatever. How, what do the page views look like? <laughs> They're probably a story. Another, uh, another fine example that, uh, well, you know, corporations, not always great. Um, good question before we get to our, our four-team playoff projection from the 405. Do you think Chris Kleiman stays at K-State like Bill Snyder did? I think that he's a serious candidate at both Wisconsin and Nebraska. Don't you? He should be. Wisconsin if he's not, you're crazy. Like, Wisconsin is like the perfect fit for him, too. He just seems... Like a Wisconsin head football coach. The Lance Leipold talk has chilled since they've lost a few games, but I still I'm not hesitating to call him at all. Well, and I think that he should be on Auburn's short list. If you don't get Lane Kiffin, I think Lance Leipold would be a tremendous hire. He's been a program builder. He brings you a lot of the same qualities that Lane Kiffin does in terms of his ability to go mine the transfer portal, like uh, we heard our boy say earlier. And, oh, by the way, he's great offensively. He's beaten OU three times, has blown out OSU and LSU in the last year. Auburn or Nebraska should try to get him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Again, this is 
This is my, what do you call it? This is our staple take or what's our benchmark take, baby. Benchmark take. Programs don't like hiring good football coaches. They do not like to do it. Established coaches, no. We will go get the splashy hire. Someone had asked, uh, Zach, primetime to Auburn? I think primetime is going to Georgia Tech. I don't think. That'd be a sneaky good hire for them. You know, the, the weird thing is everyone thinks there's something off about how Deion Sanders is doing things at Jackson State. There really isn't. He's just, he's winning. Um, I would so, like something instance, off about giving guys millions of dollars and name him. Is, like this, is, is, is there saying? some sort of under the table deals going on? I don't know, but if it's working at Jackson State, then I'm pretty sure it would work at, at Auburn or anywhere else. All right, what do um what do you think tonight? Dave Bartu had an interesting note. I'm a big fan of Bartu. Tweeted: Georgia has the better strength of schedule and game control. Tennessee has more quality wins in top 25 wins. Who's number one tonight? It's Georgia because Georgia is the defending national champion, and that is going to factor in. Don't you think? It's not supposed to. I, yeah, I know, but. I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. With a human committee? We got to get Adam McClintock back on to help us make sense of this, right? Because I feel like every single year we're trying to learn about it. And listen, I, I understand that, that Dave Bartu and, and Adam have this formula and they've got a lot of subscribers to their Patreon or as Conrad Thompson calls it, the Patron. And that's great. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't do this. Right. But I also, you know, you can project it, but I still don't think you have it all figured out by what they go by. I really don't. No, there's still a human element. There's, there's not this. And, and again, I, I would disagree. You're like, well, this, this, this happened. I'm like, yeah, I think there's a human element to it, but the, the, the stats going into it, say they're using, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think that there is a lot of debate that goes into this. I don't think they look at one formula and go, well, this is it. Let's go. Yeah, they don't just punch the numbers in and say, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five. It's in stark disagreement with a lot of the number nerds. But I think Tennessee is going to be number one tonight. I think Tennessee has the best win of anyone in college football. Well, and they've got two really good wins, Alabama and uh, Kentucky both, right? So I'm going Tennessee 1, Georgia 2. You're going Georgia 1, Tennessee 2 that I imagine. Correct. And I think it's going to be – I don't think there's going to be a lot of what does game control look like discussions. I think it's simply going to be they beat Alabama. That's the best win in college football this year, right? Outside of maybe somehow Southern Miss beating Tulane, which makes no sense. To you know, and Southern. frankly, if Tennessee is number one, they'll have earned it. And – it doesn't really even matter because guess what? Georgia and Tennessee play this week. Right. Correct. And I think that there is a certain sense of of drama whenever it comes to the college football playoff committee. I think they kinda I think they kinda play to the crowd a little bit. That's me, my disagree. But that's one and two for me. Those two will be one and two. Whichever way. All right. Who do you have at three? Ohio State. Okay. I've got Michigan at three. Because of the the quality of the Penn State win? Well, I mean. Fashion of it, the game control element? Maybe, maybe that's where some game control conversations come in a little bit. Maybe. Because I think either, and, and you might disagree, but I've, 
I've got Michigan three, Ohio State four. Now I don't even know if you would have Michigan at number four or not. But you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not if I'm picking this, my number three team would probably be TCU. So if if this is Chris Plank doing it and I get to vote, my one is Tennessee, my two is Georgia, my three is TCU, and my four is Ohio State. I don't think Michigan has proven a damn thing yet this year. I really don't. Except that, hey, okay, last year wasn't an anomaly. They have played a, a brutal schedule, right? They've they didn't necessarily roll Iowa. They got Penn State and Michigan State at home, and their non-conference of UConn, Hawaii, and Colorado State is, is nothing gross. Yeah, well, and that's why I think Ohio State to me is is three is because of that Notre Dame win. You know, look is is Notre Dame the same quality as what Tennessee's got in the wins column? No, but Notre Dame suddenly has started to play a little bit better football, and that win looks better, and that is clearly when the rest of really Ohio State and Michigan's schedules are similar. I mean, they've got a lot of common opponents right now. Right. The difference is that Notre Dame win for Ohio State. So I think that is what is a clear separation between the two when a lot of the rest of it looks similar. Great point. So I've got the projection tonight having Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Michigan 3, Ohio State 4. If I was voting, I'd have TCU 3 and Ohio State 4. You've got Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, and? I'm torn, but I think it'll be Michigan. Though I think Clemson's right there. Okay. So then you, you th- let's get a break. That's how we see the top four tonight. Let's dig a little deeper because there's a conversation to be had about, okay, who's really in this mix? And I think we did it a couple weeks ago, but we all decided, hey, let's let's wait till after Alabama-Tennessee. And then whenever we got done, got done with that, we said, hey, let, let, let's wait till after Tennessee-Georgia. <laughs> right. Let's just, ah, let's just wait. But I think 5 through 10 is fascinating tonight to see how the committee views this. And much like I try to say about the NFL, NFL is a week-to-week league. Playoff committee presents this as if it's a week-to-week ranking. So there's really not a lot of carryover, though there has to be. I mean, I don't know how there isn't. So to me, 5 through 10 tonight will tell us kind of where they view a team like TCU and Clemson right now. So let's get into it next. It's Plank Show right here on The Rap. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour 3 brought to you by Mop and Roofing. We're talking about the 14 playoff rankings. Again, breaking news today. Bengals get rolled on Monday Night Football. Holy I mean, destroyed. Smokes. Just pathetic. We have a divisional trade to tell you about. The Minnesota Vikings have traded for TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. Oh, really? The, Wait, who, who did what? The, the Minnesota Vikings traded a second and a couple of fourth-round picks to the Lions for T.J. Hawkinson. Just now? Just now. Oh, man, that's a story, baby. Put it in the bank. <laughs> there are reports of – by the way, I did kind of get hooked there for a second by uh, Jabin for real on Twitter. <laughs> oh, no. Because he tweeted, he's like, Bradley Chubb and Kareem Hutt to Miami. I was like, I'd be one heck of a get from Mike uh, McDaniel. But uh, there's rumors of Bradley Chubb and Kareem Hunt being on the move. But 
so far to the guys that they said they think that would end up getting moved have been. Roquan Smith is a Baltimore Raven, and now we get the news this morning that TJ Hawkinson is a line. Big for our man Travis Davidson. Oh, he's pumped. One of the three Vikings fans I know in my life. Skull, baby. There you um, go. All right, so we went through the 14 playoff rankings, which will drop tonight, um, which means you'll probably have like an hour of analysis before we get to the rankings. A very unimportant side note in the NFL, but how awesome was Miles Garrett's Vecna last night? I didn't even know what it was until he did it. That was pretty cool. We got to get you caught up on Stranger Things. I Again, season one, I loved. It was great. I can't wait to watch season two. Oh, my goodness. Ah. I'm so far behind. But there was somebody dressed up like uh, the Vecna from the underground world, or the upside down world, excuse me. Yeah, it was it was Miles Garrett. Oh well, so, oh he was that was him. Yes, dude, and he's like, oh, I thought looked like I, I, you know Vecna that would I don't know. He's like a bounty hunter. Oh, wait, hold on, hold huge, on. Huge, let, let, let me let me correct myself real quick. Not the the Vecna is that the one that the the, the flower like sprouts out and the stuff shoots out from it? Is that what it is? Well, they're all sort of similar that way. There was a kid dressed up like that the other day. I had to explain to my wife what it was. But no, not that. Okay. That's You're that's thinking different, something different. Okay, but it's that's not a Vecna, but it's part of Stranger Things from season one. Correct. Now, you got to go back and get caught up on Stranger Things season one, Josh. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't remember what <laughs> some of the kid glossary goes, is. Kid goes bike riding, they can't find him. It's terrible. Poor kid. Um. All right, so at number five and six, I think it's going to be fascinating. As someone points out on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Tommy writes, it's college football time. Alabama makes the top four. <laughs> and I absolutely agree with the 405. Tennessee is number one. Game control is whatever. Game control and score the basketball, the two dumbest phrases in sports. I actually kind of agree with that. Steve, Oh, Bond- is that score the basketball guy? Um, They've said that in the past. They really they? hate that phrase. My man Steve Bontrager, great basketball player for ORU, was an analyst too, one of the best college basketball analysts on the planet. There's Kevin Henry and there's Steve Bontrager. And Bontrager used to always say, score the score the, yes, score the basketball. I mean, it's a da. And it just always stayed with me that it doesn't make any sense. It does make sense to me. I, I it, it makes sense from the perspective of what you're doing, but just to say, you know, they need to score the basketball better. It's like, well, duh. I and I'm thinking like he's a good scorer of the basketball, right? He can really score the there basketball. Like that makes sense. It's that makes more can, sense. Can go score. I mean, obviously, yeah, you need now, to go listen, score. We have to get to five and six here, Josh. We keep getting sidetracked. I'm by sorry. This. Uh, oh. And and to the texter's point, I will. I will definitely entertain the idea that maybe Alabama's in the top four tonight. Really? Okay, yeah. so then do you think they're a slam dunk at five? If no. they're not. No? no I, I I think uh, Clemson will be just on the, the outside looking in. I have a prediction on Clemson. I think Clemson is going to get the OU treatment from last year. They could. I think Clemson is going to come out and be like seven or eight tonight in the first playoff poll. So you think they'd be behind TCU? I think they're going to be behind TCU. I think that they've been hurt by what some teams have done since they've played them. Wake and Syracuse. Ding, ding, ding. But they're still undefeated, and they're fifth in the AP and coaches poll, and there's always something that doesn't make a lot of sense. But I, I think Alabama is going to be five. TCU is going to be six. And 
I would almost say that there is a chance that someone like Oregon might be ranked ahead of Clemson, even with their one loss. Because it's – Oh, man, that's – yeah, I mean, made for TV. That's going to be tough to stomach, though, after what we all saw happen to Oregon right, versus against Georgia, Georgia to open the year. But since then, they've been a they've been a wagon. So, it, I don't, I don't know. I think Illinois is going to be ranked higher than anyone thinks tonight. I think Illinois is going to be ahead of USC and UCLA, and and Utah, whom for some reason the pollsters. Man, they just love Utah this year. Illinois don't they? lost. Illinois lost to Indiana, right? That's right. God, and, and like the first week of the season, and I picked that for the Ref Royal Rumble as my lock that week. Oh, did you? And I, how did they lose to Indiana? I might go with tonight's game as my upset pick. We got Maxion tonight, by the way. Um, how late do I have to get my pick in, T Row? Can I wait until right before pick? Oh yeah, tonight's a buzzer night. You can right before the buzzer. But anyway, that that's why I think it's going to be. Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, the top four. I think Alabama's five, TCU is six. I think you're going to see um, at at seven, maybe potentially like an Oregon or, gosh, maybe an Ole Miss at seven. And then I think you're going to see – I'd love to be wrong and see Clemson show up at number four. I think that would just – people would lose their mind. But um, I, I don't think Clemson's going to get a lot of love here this evening. Heather Dinich – this she has Tennessee at number three in what in what her projection behind are. Ohio State. Yes, she has Georgia one, Ohio State two, and Tennessee three. I don't think so. Followed by Michigan. Wins are too good for Tennessee. That's I mean right. What does Ohio State nothing. have over Tennessee? Nothing. They've they've got nothing over Tennessee. I just again I've I understand that there's the nerds that I revolt against that say, oh, it's a mathematical formula, but I just – in fact, hold on. She's got Ohio State number one. See, she's got Ohio State one, Georgia two, Tennessee three, Michigan four. Basically, she's ranking, I think, based on she thinks they're the best team, which, you know, C.J. Stroud and company pretty good. He didn't look all that good last week either. Oh, here's or, a, uh, or against Iowa in the first half. Here's a reminder. Uh, the Brent Vin- – the Brent Venables press conference is going on while we speak. We are not allowed to carry the Brent Venables press conference because of contractual issues. Thus, we talk about the CFP. Here's a great quote on recruiting from Brent Venables, courtesy of Eric Bailey. The recruiting world never stops when someone commits. Sometimes they change their mind. That's part of the process. You don't like it when you're not on the right side, but you're always checking the temperature of the water. He also added, I don't ever lose sleep over somebody that we never had that we supposedly lost. It's <laughs> a great line. Are you upset about the way things have gone in recruiting the last 24 hours? It never committed to us, so, yeah, no. <laughs> well, it was committed, but never signed. Right, right, exactly. I'm not, I'm not too upset about this. It's just me. Just me. All right, quick break. Your Air Comfort Solutions text to wrap this show up now. All right, let's uh, hustle out of here. Steve Nash just got fired by the New Jersey or Brooklyn Nets. So there's that. Hmm. Hmm. Short leash, huh? We're going to talk weather tomorrow on the show. Get you prepared for what may be in store on Saturday. What a uh, missed opportunity for Steve Nash. I know we're not going to spend a ton of time on it this week, but kind of had everything all 
all lined up, it looked like, and then it's just been a disaster. It's for almost them. like coaching experience matters. I know <laughs> that it's, it's almost like it might matter a little bit Wild. to have some experience in being a coach. Quick uh, run through some of the best texts of the day from the 918. How many of these schools does Gundy talk to in order to get a raise? <laughs> all of them. Uh, Dave Randa's voice is like talking to a guy in the men's bathroom in the next stall. It always sounds like they're talking like this. Do you think Levy would take Ole Miss if Lane leaves? I think they're crazy if they don't talk to him, but I don't know. I think Jeff Levy's pretty happy here right now. Well, Levy would absolutely be a candidate at Ole Miss, no doubt. Um, the emergency broadcast alert ran over the Dallas segment. Raider fan did that on purpose. That's fair. <laughs> they they found us out. For where the OU football program is right now, beating Baylor would be a huge step in the right direction and help set the stage for a nice finish to the season. This is why Venables is calling for a loud, disruptive OU home crowd. No doubt, yeah. It's. I mean, this is a huge game for both teams. Um, if we can win out and SC drops two or three more games, what are the chances we play them in a bowl game? I don't like that scenario this year because our best players will be declaring for the draft. I don't want to play USC in a bowl game this year. I want to play him next year in a bowl game, and I want it to be the playoffs. But I don't, I don't know if USC has the defense to get there. All right, we got to go. And obviously, Oklahoma is still working on putting its roster together too. Great stuff, and that was just a portion. So many, so much meat left on the bone. Steely's here to clean it up next, right here on the ref.